Welcome to the Oswego Mortgage Podcast. Oswego Mortgage is Pacific Northwest's VA home loan specialist. For questions or help with your VA home loan, a new home purchase, or refinancing, call 503-697-7214 or go to oswegomortgage.com. Now with the owner of Oswego Mortgage, Tom Fitkin, here's your host, Luke Anderson. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, the latest episode of the Oswego Mortgage Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Anderson. With me, as always, Tom Fitkin, the owner. Tom, how are you doing today? Luke, I'm great. How about yourself? You know what? I'm doing wonderfully. Uh, I feel like summer's almost here. You can tell because it's 57 degrees and raining. Wonderfully. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, So today, uh, we're going to give some tips and tricks to help improve cash flow uh, for our listeners. Um, Obviously, a great way to do that is refinancing. But before we get into any of the actual steps, tricks, tips, what is cash flow and why is it so important? Because some people, I think, let's let's start with the very baseline. Don't think in terms of cash flow, do they? Yeah, <laughs> you know, you I, you would think more people um, do, but uh, what happens is they just feel like they're overwhelmed and they know that they need to get some things paid off, and you know that's when the refinancing comes into play. And you know, it's 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 going to be a point where a lot of people are going to have to give up uh, their lower interest rates to yep. accommodate the cash flow situation that you just asked about. And basically what we're looking at is, okay, what are you currently paying on your mortgage? And then let's let's add up the monthly minimum payments that you're paying on your credit cards, possibly vehicles, second mortgages, student loans, whatever it is that's putting uh, the customer, the clients in a situation where they just feel they're kind of tapped out and they need to get some debt paid off. And, um, you know, I mentioned, I think last time on the, on the uh, podcast that, you know, my gut feeling was we're going to see this starting to happen. And because of the consumer debt that is out there, um, credit card-wise is, again, the highest level that it's ever been in the country. And then on top of that, you know, it's not as easy and kind of not directly related to the cash flow part, but just just alone in itself, you know, people are looking at equity lines also, Luke, and like, man, I, I want to, you know, put a, I have a client this week that wants to build a garage. And, you know, I said, you know, that's great. And he goes, yeah, I need a hundred grand or 80 grand, whatever he said. And I said, you know what, what you need to look at. And he's sitting there like two, seven, five on a rate okay. and it's a VA loan. And I'm saying, okay, let's look at it. You know, if, if you take out a hundred grand, this is what your payment's going to go up to. And that's what your money's going to cost. However, you're going from two, seven, five to four, six, two, five. And he goes, ouch. You know, I said, exactly. But, you know, if you look at an equity line and you go get a hundred grand, Number one, it's going to be interest only, so you you're, you won't have any principal reduction going on unless you make extra. But on top of that, it's going to be tied to prime. So as this government continues to raise these interest rates, you know, every month or two or court, whatever, when they raise them, your mortgage is going to go up, and you're going to refinance anyway later on to wrap the two into one. And so my attitude is take the higher rate, knowing you're in a VA loan especially, and when the market comes back, we'll do an interest rate reduction loan when the timing's right, when it makes sense, when you can lower that payment back down. So in an essence, you're going to pay a bunch of stuff off, increase the cash flow. Again, you know, kind of back to cash flow, I, I, I'm looking at everything going out. What is that amount? What's your new mortgage payment going to be after everything's paid off? And what are we saving between the two? Does it make sense? Some do, some don't. And it's our job to look at it like it's, you know, our own loan. Would you do this 
uh, or would you not for yourself? And and you know that's that's kind of been my barometer always on uh, recommending you know a loan or not. But you know that that's that's it's real. And I will tell you, Luke, um, today's Wednesday, and I've already had three loans like this this week. Yeah. Well, and and if people are just making minimum payments on credit card loans, on whether it's your your auto, whatever it is, those interest rates are on a much more condensed cycle, for, certainly for auto and for other things. How does that affect things when you're taking out, you know, this this mortgage loan? Your equity is still growing faster than the new rate, even if you're going into a higher rate, wouldn't you suppose? Yeah, I mean, the markets are going to dictate itself from a value. We're going to go up, we're going to go down a little bit. Um, but, you know, um, at the end of the day, You've got to look at like installment loans, like a car loan. Yeah, you're going to go down on your balance each month on that. But any any other credit cards you have out there and you're making monthly minimum payments, the balances don't go down. But on top of that, all that interest you're paying, there's no tax deduction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, on top of the cash flow, you've got to remember about that too, whether it's vehicles, student loans, credit cards, you know, anything, any consumer debt that you have that you're making payments on you got to remember for the most part, and maybe in some student loan situation, you get some interest write off. But other than that, you're not getting any deductions, nothing to where when you do say, okay, I'm going to bite the bullet, I'm going to take this higher interest rate and I'm going to pay everything off. Well, two things. Now, at least you get to write all the interest off. And unfortunately, the rate's higher, so you're going to have more interest to write off, <laughs> which is going to be, you know, it won't hurt you for, say, um, come tax time. But the goal would obviously be as the markets go up, interest rates, I should say, go up, they're going to come back down. And my thought too, Luke, is these interest rates can only go so high before people just don't qualify anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's when, you know, I, I keep talking about a 40 and a 50 year mortgage, you know, that I think is around the corner. I just think it's going to be inevitable. Um, but I also feel that we're going to see some changes in this economy later in the in the year. And I think rates will come back down like they went up. And, I, and what, I, what I mean by that is they're going to come down fast, well, the, 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 like the rates have gone up. This is the fastest I've ever seen the interest rates go up in my 20, 20 whatever years, 29 <laughs> years. I think it's 1994 is when I got in this crazy business. But yeah. Well, and if, if you're seeing a shock, I imagine the rest of the market is. I mean, we're hearing it you know, anecdotally all around us, I think, all the time where people are kind of shocked by the, the climb in interest rates. The the reaction to it, the bounce back, even if it's not as swift, it's more calculated. Now's a, a good time to look at everything else that you're doing. So what is that checklist that you go through outside of just taking those minimum payments and adding them up? You said something in the in the first part where you said, if it would make sense for you, it's something you'd recommend for your customers. So what what's the checklist in your head well, you know, I, I like to see one thing. I like to see the costs of the refinance get paid back in three years or less okay. from a standpoint. Do you of, mind if I ask real quick, what are the costs involved with the refinance just for? Well, you're going to have your basic, you know, appraisal credit, your title and escrow fees, and then you have to collect new taxes and insurance too, which are not fees, but it goes on the loan. So, you know, it's going to be part of that that goes on the back end of that loan. However, you're going to get a check back from your current lender, from your escrow account, and you're going to skip a payment, which washes out that amount, but it still ha has to be put on the back of the loan. And then as far as if you want to buy the interest rate down and and, and send and, and spend points, which 
I'm not a big advocate of. I mean, maybe 1%, but I don't like seeing much more spent than that. And we try to keep it to where on our end that our customers are, are getting real close to no more than a 1% net origination fee to he or she. And so, you know, I'm kind of adamant on that. Sometimes, too, I'll have a buyer that says, you know, what What if I take just a little higher rate? And can I eliminate that 1%? Well, sure you can. Um, you know, again, in this market, I don't believe that's a bad idea because, again, I think rates are going to come back down. And, and, I'm, and again, I'm kind of talking more on, on a VA loan standpoint sure. when I talk about this. But, you know, when those rates come up and they come back down, the beauty of the VA loan is – even though you've put yourself into this higher interest rate, when they do come back down, that's when you can take advantage of the EARL program, the interest rate reduction loan. And that's just literally no income documentation, no appraisal needed. You just we, – we monitor it and we say, okay, uh, we think it's time. We, we feel the market's come back to a point. You're you know at this rate and we can take you down to this rate. This is what your monthly savings are. And those usually pencil really nicely. They usually pay themselves back in a year or two. And um, when you when you know, with Oswego Mortgage anyway, I know that some lenders out there push it to the max and whatever, and on a break-even standpoint and what they charge. But um, I know for a fact that what we charge and our fees and interest rate are extremely hard to beat. Okay, so we're looking at trying to find the calculation that makes sense to pay back those fees within three years. That's where we kind of start with that checklist, right? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a three-year guy. A lot of people will go higher than that, but I, I don't. I think you need to. Put things in perspective. You don't want to overspend for a refinance that's costing you an arm and a leg, and then you know it's only saving you a hundred bucks a month. Those don't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to save significant money. And what is significant money? Well, it depends on the person's income level and what their debt level is, and you know their debt to income for that matter. But I always like to see you know somewhere between two fifty and five hundred bucks a month. You know, somewhere in there to where it's significant, and so you can see, you know, two hundred and fifty bucks times twelve. Uh, what is that, Luke? Uh, whatever that. Yeah, yeah, I need a calculator <laughs> nowadays for anything. But no, you know that that three grand or whatever that is. Yep. that's going to you know cover your the majority of your closing costs as far as your title and escrow and appraisal and credit. You know those things. So, uh, you know that there is a threshold there where I don't. We, we're not doing loans just to do loans at Oswego Mortgage. They got to make sense. And you know, too many other lenders uh, out there that we witnessed uh, via people coming to us after they've started with another lender. It shocks me sometimes on what I see on the loan estimates, the costs and the rates. What do people use a cash out refinance for? I imagine a lot of home renovations, paying off other debt. Are there other reasons to look at refinance? You know, there's like, there's basically three. It's what we're talking about. Paying your debt off, mm-hmm. um, being able to pull enough cash out to pay your contractor to not have to finance anything. Yep. And you know what? Lately, I've had some people and it seems like maybe a little bit the older generation they're just pulling as much cash out as they can and, and uh, putting it in the bank. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And and so there's there's not a lot of – the one thing that's not in there, and part of the reason I asked the question, is not a lot of people doing it just purely for rate. No, no. I mean, there's reasons. Like I do. I have one going right now where the guy said, you know, I just want to get as much cash out of this. I, You know, if the market goes the other way and it, it goes down in value, I'd rather take advantage of – you know, this high peak in these values and, and get as much cash as I can. I That way I, I know I can afford to live for this many more years. And I don't care if my payment goes from this to this because with all this cash, I've got it calculated out, you know, from a standpoint of, year, you know, how many years I can get. It, it's, it's an interesting thought, but it made sense. It makes sense to me because now he's got a bunch of cash in the bank. He has to, um, you know, he's got no stress. He knows he's got that. And the worst case down the road is he, di- he downsizes, you know, yeah. you know, and gets into something smaller. 
Yeah. So if, if we're looking at just simply using the the refinance to, to you know help with your cash flow, there's there's three very good reasons right there. So what what is the difference between working with Oswego Mortgage and just going and finding the best rate you can online? Well, you know, I'm going to be obviously biased, but I really mean this too. I, I've got a staff that that is amazing. They're awesome, and they're very educated, and they're very good at what they do, and they make me look good. And so there's number one, your customer service is service. I think you can look on our website at oswegomortgage.com, and, and, you know, I just got to get better at, at you know, pushing me people to give me a good, you know, get, you, go go online and tell me, tell people what you think of Oswego Mortgage. But we're, you can see we have a lot. We have a lot of them. And, and um, it, it makes me feel good because our clients come back to us. And, you know, as important or to me, most important or 50-50 because service is a big part. But I'm very, very confident when I say Oswego Mortgage offers rate and fee-wise, I know we're more than competitive the nine out of ten companies out of out there, and I know that. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've went, and I've, you know, I think I've said it before, Luke. We don't need to hit home runs. We want to hit a good line drive between first and second, or second, third, and and you know, take that attitude because when we price that way, again, we don't we, we don't lose deals over fee and interest rate. And then what we see sometimes on some competitors' numbers that get sent to us blows my mind. Really, uh, really, yeah. Is, is there an uh, amount of equity that's important before you even look at refinancing? Do you need a certain amount of equity built up in the home or is it is it huh. well you know that's a really good question conventionally yes you know you can go to 80 percent and you're gonna pay top dollar for that because your loan to value now is the top of what they offer and meaning that your interest rate's going to be up there FHA you can go to 85 uh, percent but the VA you can go to a hundred so mm. to answer your question what's the right number there well, if you've got a home, a veteran's got a home, and and he or she can take it up to 100% and pay off a couple. Of, like we have one going right now. They're paying off two vehicles, um, you know, some credit cards, maybe even a student loan in there, and it's saving them $1,900 a month. Uh, and they're taking their, and they're taking their equity out, and it makes sense to them, yeah. you know, and it makes sense to me too, because at the end of the day, you know how many people pay off a mortgage, uh, you know. No, actually, I don't. How many uh, people? Very, how many people do pay off a mortgage? I've actually wondered that question. I would say less than less than five percent, and that's my guess. I don't know a factual, but I'll tell you this: you know, a good financial planner will always tell you it doesn't really make a lot of sense to pay to to pay your house off because uh, when you go retirement, it's nice to have a little bit of an interest credit against your you know your your taxable uh, retirement. You know that you. Yeah. Um, but Obviously, if you can pay your house off and you don't have to worry about it and you've got the money, that's a tough thing to, to beat also. But people argue that too. Take that money and invest it. You know, put it in, uh, you know, the stock market or or buy another property and do an Airbnb and pay cash for that one and keep your mortgage on your home. You know, there's different philosophies out there, but not very many. You know, <laughs> not very many. Do you, would, would you recommend or do a lot of people pay extra to the principal on those loans, though, if, if you're talking about saving that money? for Because we're talking about cash flow purposes here today. Obviously, we don't want to pay minimums on our credit card payment. Uh, it doesn't make as much sense to pay uh, the minimum on those short-term auto loans. But on a on a mortgage, you're expecting the equity to grow. Does it, does it make a whole lot of sense to pay extra to the principal? 
Well, I mean, if your goal is to pay off your house, absolutely, because it does two things. It, it's kind of like a forced savings account because your balance is lower and generally your value is going to stay put or go up. And, you know, they're going to go up and down in different markets. But in the long term, you're going to, you know, that gap's going to spread and it's going to it's going to be a positive thing. Um, but from a standpoint. Cash flow standpoint. That's what we're looking at today, right? Well, I mean, you know, this this is a tough one. I, I, <laughs> re, rephrase the question. Do that again for okay. me. So, so from a cash flow standpoint, does it make sense to pay extra to the principal on your mortgage payment? From a cash flow, no, because now you have less money going out. But if cash flow is not an issue, yes. Okay. One thing that's interesting, too, to think about, a little off the subject, but let's <laughs> say you do a, a debt consolidation, you pay a bunch of debt off, right? Yep. And you do a 30-year mortgage. And let's say that you, you only, you're only, you know, you, you're eight years into it. So you got 22, you know, years left or whatever. Sure. So if you take, and let's say that that person, let's say that person, uh, has a $2,000 mortgage payment. And let's say that this refinance saves them 500 bucks a month. Okay. So okay? now we're $1,500 mortgage payment. Yeah. So if when you did that and you, you know, the cash flow is nice, but you can still afford that extra $500, do you realize if you put that $500 towards principal reduction, that that would be, what is that? Three extra payments. That would be three extra payments a year, mm-hmm. six grand, sure. right? Two grand payment. That would be just over a 15-year mortgage. So that's with the refinance. That's after pay. you pay everything off, and then you take your yeah. proceeds, yep. not proceeds, you take your cash flow savings monthly, and now you stick that towards principal reduction. So it's one one payment extra, one payment a year if you make it if you make it so two thousand bucks. If they, yep. they, they that's a twenty-three year mortgage. So okay? you so you've taken yeah, you've taken your twenty-three and now it's fifteen. Well, you've taken also if you if you did that, what I'm getting at is yeah. you had twenty. Let's say you had twenty two years left on that mortgage. Yep. Well, you now if you took your proceeds, you know, yep. not proceeds, but your 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 monthly savings, your cash flow savings, and you could afford that, and you put it towards your principal, you can take seven years off your mortgage, as well as now that you've paid everything off, your your loan amounts higher. So those first handful of years, you're going to have a higher tax deduction. So it sounds like you want to talk to somebody that can help you through this process when you're looking at refinancing, even if you're not looking at cash flow savings. Well, there's there's some there's some things that you can do from a financial standpoint on your mortgage that gets you ahead. Yeah, you know, or you use it like I say, you you maximize your tax write off also by having no more debt, you yeah. know, or getting the cash out to pay cash for that remodel and and being able to write that interest off. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, your question was, you know, cash flow, of course not, because now you got more going out. But if you, if it comes down to a point where you get to a point where you can afford that, just remember that one extra payment a year is a 23 year mortgage. It, you know, it takes, it'll take seven years off that mortgage. Seven did, years you know, off. And, yeah. that's, and that's each, and that's. If you did it 30 years. For 30 years. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty staggering. So what's, what are the reasons you wouldn't want to refinance uh, from, or, or maybe some of the red flags that you really want to look for when you're going at refinancing? If somebody comes in and says, hey, Tom, this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm trying to accomplish. What are the, what are the things that pop up? You go, you know what? Luke, I don't think well, it's just, a very good idea right now. Well, I would just look at it again. If it's not enough cash flow savings and it's costing this, it doesn't make sense, you know. Or if you're, I'm looking at your income, and going, well, wait a minute here. This should be completely affordable for you. You're, you're sitting at two and a half percent. Let's 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 hang tight for now and see what the market does, and let's maybe look at it later. Yeah. Um. You know, it's good. It, 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 again, if it's not gonna be something 
that's going to benefit the borrower in a in a I don't want to say dramatic way, but in a in a fairly substantial substantial thanks. Yeah, you know my English. I, you know. <laughs> anyway, I I, di- I just you know we have to look at that, and it's real important that whoever that you know whoever's listening and whoever you choose to work with, hopefully hopefully it's also we go mortgage, but whoever your mortgage goes through, it's important that you know you get shown all this and you get everything broken down in front of you, and that you really need to look at what you're getting charged. I say it again, Luke, because sometimes what we see from people that call us after they've started somewhere else and they send us the numbers, it's a, it's shocking. It's, 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 and I'm not, I I know I'm kind of overdoing this a little bit, but it's real. I get, I cannot believe sometimes what certain lenders try to charge our citizens, borrowers. Yeah. Yeah. So right now we are seeing the interest rates climbing. You've seen cycles like this before, maybe not as dramatic, but I've talked to a couple people that have bought homes in the last, I don't know, 90 days maybe since the interest rates have been climbing. They're not running into the same challenges that people were three months ago where there's, you know, cash buyers out there willing to pay $100,000 over asking or whatever the whatever the scenario is. What can you expect from home pricing now that rates are kind of on the rise? What What is the cycle, the the rise and response look like? At least in your mind, I know it won't be a perfect prediction. I'm not asking you to make one. Well, I think the Northwest is going to hold its ground better than the majority of the country. I did read an article where they said uh, all of Oregon probably is not going to see much of a decline except possibly Bend is what an uh, article that I read. Okay. Just because it seems like it's sometimes one of the higher priced markets in the country. Yeah. You know, it's one of those markets. But I, I believe that too. I think the Northwest is going to uh, – they're going to fare better than, than a lot of different states out there. I, I do feel that, but I, we're going to see a dip back. And so what I think is going to happen is these rates will go up a little bit more and they'll get to a point where you know, our economy is starting to suffer and they're going to come back down and the prices are going to come back down and then it's going to be again, the buyers are going to be out there. They're going to want to get in now again. And you made you made a comment. I think it's calmed a little bit, but Luke, I'm telling you, I'm still seeing crazy, Yeah. Um, you know, 15, 15 offers and well, I just had one over the weekend that it was listed at six ninety five, and they offered seven fifty and didn't get it. Ooh. So it's that's that hasn't stopped yet. Yeah, yeah. but it, then again, though, the, the some of the the um, the real estate tactics kind of blo- I don't like it personally, and I'm sorry any real estate agent listening to this, but <laughs> uh, you know what they're doing is they're setting a price for a bidding war. Yeah, so they kind of know they're putting it below market or what is whatever that market you know below maybe what it's going to sell for. But it's still, when they do that, it's still amazing because, you know, certain areas, there's only so many homes for sale, but yet you've got a, a lot of buyers that want to buy in that area. Uh, you know, this is up in uh, Camas, Washington. You know, yep. that's a tough place to to uh, get your foot in the door up sure. there. And the, great school districts. Uh, I mean, actually, it's a great community. <laughs> it is, really I mean, is. And it, it is great schools. I'm not saying that's No, I know, no yeah. I know that. It's known for that. Yep. But, I mean, it's just, it's one of those uh, one of those markets that, I mean, I've seen this guy looking for like two months and he's put many, many offers in and good, solid, competitive offers. And uh, I keep telling him, you know, the one that you get is meant to be and we just got to roll with that, you know? Yeah. Well, but the thing to keep in mind with those communities and where you're seeing those bidding wars is your equity is probably about as high as it will uh, will ever rise in a short period of time, what we've seen over the last two years, because we've just seen, you know, I, I see it on my house. I can't b- believe what it comes valued at compared to what we purchased for seven, eight years ago. I was, you know, I was telling, I don't know if it was my son or, I don't know. I, I was telling someone just the other day that I bought my first house in Tigard, Oregon in uh, 1991 for 71500 
And that same house today is 550 and it's a tiny little ranch house. Yeah. Yeah. So um, right now, a great time. If you're, if you're one of those listeners that has, whether it's uh, old auto loan, you have some credit card debt, you have student loan debt, you have uh, a project that you've been looking at for a long time. I mean, the place to start is uh, talk to our friends at Oswego Mortgage, especially if you have the option of using the VA home loan. Um, any other benefits to the VA home loan as it pertains to this conversation? I know this has been kind of one of the lighter uh, conversations as far as the VA home loan itself goes. Um, but anything else that you would add to, to the conversation? I mean, the VA loan, if you're a veteran, don't ever let any other mortgage person uh, out there talk you out of doing a VA loan. You know, it brings up another topic too. make sure that, um, you know, I know there's a lot of pride out there with a lot of veterans, but you know, check your medical records too, and and get what's owed to you. Get your get your benefits, get your disability benef- benefits, if warranted. You know, and and I know the pride thing sometimes gets in between veterans out there, but you know, I I I tell veterans all the time. You know, have you had your ears checked? And the reason I'm bringing this up is, is the funding fees the one thing on a VA loan that can get pretty expensive. And you know, 3.6 percent of a $300,000 house. And that 3.6 is once you've already used your VA before once, so that's the higher one. Um, I will tell you this, though, and just and I'm not trying to say ever to work the system, but get what's owed to you. Yep. And um, I, I think that a high percentage of veterans have some hearing loss, and it's inevitable, you know, all the way from boot camp um, to being in, whether it, you, the guns, the ships, the motors, the airplanes, that, you know, everything that, that – uh, that they're exposed to while they're in the military. And that's 10%, and that gets you off the hook for ever paying a funding fee, and it's worth it. So just remember that. You know, I, I tell, I've told a lot of veterans that over the last, I don't know, I think during COVID, I just, I know, it was so quiet, and I just, I don't know. One day I started bringing that up to veterans, and I've kind of done it since because um, 10% will get that VA funding fee waived, and, and, it's, and the VA does a good job with taking care of the years too. They really do. Yeah. Well, and having somebody that's been through the process like Oswego Mortgage, uh, when you're talking about the VA home loan, you've kind of seen it all um, and you're happy to sit down, help have that conversation. Even if you're just considering refinancing, it's worth talking. Look, that's a great point. I was just going to say, I I want people feeling comfortable to call us and not feel like we're going to hound them and hard sell them. And, you know, if you just have questions and you're not quite ready or you're thinking about it and does it make sense or not, we can do an analysis, but we're not going to pressure you into anything that doesn't make sense and that you're not excited about doing. Yeah. Well, and the, the benefit uh, the benefit of doing it when it's the right time that means the next time it's the right time you'll have a you'll have somebody in your corner that can help you out. Uh, you know, lifetime customers is always a lot more valuable than hurrying somebody into a product that's not right for them. Absolutely. All right. Uh, this is uh, Tom Fick, and he's your guy to talk to. You can go to oswegomortgage.com uh, and connect with them through there. Just give them a call and have that conversation. Uh, one of the mortgage companies is still more than happy to sit down and talk with you face to face, and that not always an option everywhere else. Yeah, I mean, it's well, hey, listen, with the younger generation, they sometimes don't even, they would rather just do it over the phone. But hey, we're open to either way. We do like to meet our people, and um, I'm just a little old school on that. All right. Well, Tom, I appreciate you joining for me another edition of the Oswego Mortgage Podcast. If you'd like to hear any more of the topics that we've covered, you can go to odyssey.com and just search the Oswego Mortgage Podcast, also available on 1080thefan.com. Tom, I appreciate it as always. Thanks, Luke. Thank you for listening to the Oswego Mortgage Podcast. 
For more info or questions about today's topic, your VA home loan, a new home purchase, or refinancing, call 503-697-7214 or go to oswegomortgage.com.